Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 486. Um, if you are in the New York area, May 1st, 2nd, or 3rd, then please come out to Caroline's. I will be telling comedy jokes there. Um, go to Caroline's website or Nerdist.com slash calendar to get info on that. And then also, we're going to be doing At Midnight Live at the South Beach Comedy Festival on April 4th. So South Beach Comedy Festival is exactly what you think. It is a comedy festival in Southern Florida. It celebrates the South Beach diet? Um, I don't think so. That's how it got the name, the area, right? Because of the South Beach diet? Yeah. I don't feel like that's the case. skinny beach bodies, and they're like, oh, we should name it after that diet. And now let's put some comedy here. Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. I'll give you that. And then, uh, or it's just the, the Southest Beach yeah. that they have. I guess I was distracted because when I think live at midnight, I just think sexy beach body. <laughs> Especially like, a, like you think of like a Mike Lawrence and you think of him without a shirt on as a default. Well, I'm thanks. Now I can't help but masturbate. <laughs> so and did, we still have to get you through started this. so quickly. Masturbating well, you know, you, you, if you're going to drop of a that. Pro. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, wow, man. Now we have to <laughs> go into the sponsorship and you're talking about, you know, Mike Lawrence and <laughs> his sexy beach body. Well, let's just say, for instance, that I wanted to take pictures of Mike Lawrence's sexy beach body. I'm super into this. And I wanted to send them to my friend who didn't have access to the internet, but really enjoyed a good Mike Lawrence uh, beach photo. So rather than have to go wait in line at the post office and then hold these pictures in my hand and then know, like, everyone's going to know what's in this envelope. And they're going to try to take them. Yeah, they're going to try to take them, and I need to be protected. I need stamps.com so I could just print out postage from my home. That's a great plan. Right? It protects you. you. It protects Mike Lawrence. It It protects the world from your presence in a post office. Which is always a danger. Very, very danger. You don't know what you're going to do. Maybe yeah. you're going to grab all the commemorative stamps and throw them on the ground and then kick the computerized postal machine and the, and the robot nuts. And you're going to see that person who's like, that's no way to treat an Elvis stamp. And then you fight and you knock over a fireplace or something. And then Next the whole thing place you know, burns down. someone's doing bath salts. They bite you. Zombie apocalypse. So yeah. stamps.com can prevent the zombie apocalypse. Uh, I think they're okay with me saying that. You're going to buy and print official U.S. postage on any letter uh, or package right from your desk using your own computer and printer. There's a no-risk trial for Nerdist listeners. You're going to put Nerdist in the promo code oh. section uh, at stamps.com. $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale up to $55 of free postage. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the mic front of the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That's stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist to prevent the zombie apocalypse. Wow. 
This episode, this is very exciting that we're doing this. This is the first time this has ever happened. We recorded this episode the day that it's going up. She just left. She just left, and now we're recording the intro. It's all wiggity wonkity in reverse. But uh, this is Jamie Alexander, who uh, I've gotten to become pals with, and she's awesome. Um, you probably know her from the Thor films. I she do. plays Sif. Yeah. And uh, she's been in a bunch of other stuff. She's going to be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Sif. On Tuesday, March 11th, which is on ABC. She was dressed as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent doing this interview. She was dressed as a that S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. That was kind of insane the whole time. I'm just like, you're just dressed as an agent. It was perfect. She had boots on and everything. Like She was just ready to... I was hoping ninjas she or would, Hydra would come and in. And she could kick the crap oh, out of sure. all She's of us. Oh, for sure. She's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. She could kick the crap out of all of us. Um, so uh, I respect that. It would be the third time I've been beaten up by someone with a pixie cut. <laughs> And yes, one was Natalie Portman. And I'm not sorry. Good. Well, we were all wondering that. Uh, was this when you tried to do your special stage reading of The Professional? Maybe. And you didn't tell her that's what you were doing? She is crazy about copyright. Well, she just likes to make sure that everyone gets the proper uh, uh, sourcing and I thought that just getting Gene Reno's permission would be enough. I thought it was Jean Reno. That probably is. Because he's French. Well, he was uh, happy enough to go like, sure, Jean Reno says yes. Why are you such a Francophobe? Uh, it's just the way I was raised, Chris. Here's Nurse Podcast number 486 with the delightful and hilarious Jamie Alexander. Now entering Nerdist.com. Thank you for rushing over here. This is a first because I don't think we've ever posted a show the second it was done. That's it's, right. Yeah, you, it's say. almost live. Yeah. It almost feels live. Yeah. Should we take a call? We can. What's we can't. the? So what's the? What's the? Um, you know, can I like? What's the rules? Is there any rules? Mm-mm. So I can just swear every other. Whatever sentence? you want. It's okay. you're free. You're free. This is good. This is good. I so hope I'm not it, boring. You know, it's basically just a conversation. We're just yeah. having a we're just having a conversation for an hour. For an hour, <laughs> but we had lunch, so that was this like a true. conversation. We can talk about tuna. It's totally <laughs> fine. Spicy tuna on crispy rice. Delicious spicy tuna yes. on crispy rice. So good. Um, first and foremost, you are an agent of Shield tomorrow night. Well, people should know about now. Eleventh. It got pushed a week. Oh God! Olympic damn it. coverage. I know. All right. Um, I was told March 11th, so I was like, all right. Um, in March. It airs in the month of March. We're also in the month of, Mar- month of March, and it will air in March as well. Yes. So uh, did you get to be Sif? I did. I was Sif. Yeah. What, yeah. Are they, what can you say? I can say, uh, well, Sif kicks a lot of ass, but that's a given. Um, I battle Lorelai, who mm-hmm. is a sorceress, um, who is, I guess, effed with Sif one too many times. And um, I... Pretty much uh, come down to earth to find Lorelai because she's escaped an Asgardian prison. Um, Damn it. Yeah, because they do that. You well, know? who wants to be in prison, though? Can you blame I, her? I know, but it's Asgard. I mean, the walls are gold. I mean, why not? <laughs> it's you a know? pretty sweet prison. I mean, if you're going to be in a box, then, you know. Um, I could have taken that to a different level. You could totally, I, I, because did, it's prison. I, it's totally, a la- it's, I know, I listen, know. If you know. think there's not already like fanfic about Asgardian <laughs> women's prisons and what happens there, uh, 
Yeah. Can I climb across your rainbow bridge? Like you, I mean, these yeah, jokes I know, write themselves. I know, I know. They completely the hammer. I mean, it's like they bad. completely write themselves. I know. I know. And you can make those jokes here. I. You know what? Then I will not hold back because um, I don't. I don't know you well, but I am guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing. I just have a sense because I have this about me. I'm guessing you have a filthy sense of humor. I am a little bit of a dirty bird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're Southern girl. And I have four brothers. And you have four brothers, too. I'm going to just keep making excuses. In actuality, I think I was just born this way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I tracked down Lorelai with the help of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, of course, it's always good to see Agent Coulson again. Oh, man. I yeah. fucking love that guy. He's great. He's awesome. I saw him. Yeah. I saw him at a party a couple of weeks ago. And just every time I see you know, I almost feel bad for Clark because I... There's just something about him. I love that guy so much. Every time I see him, he's like, oh, my God, I know. you're a thing. You're a person. I can't believe you're a person. I know. I know. And, and he's married to Jennifer Grey. So like, never met her before. I mean, oh, she's rad. She's I mean, I'd rad. never met her before this party. Yeah. And then Dana Delaney was there, which was awesome. What a fun party. It's, I should go out more. Sounds like a good time. I mean, you should. You that should. was the one time I've been... I don't ever go to... Do you go out? No, not as much as I'm supposed to. It's weird. I conveniently get sick on the days that there's a lot of events. You know, when I was young, I always thought, oh man, I can't wait till I get to a point in my career where I can go out to these snazzy parties. And now that I'm at that point, I just want to stay home. <laughs> like, I don't want to go it's, and do I anything. Mean, I mean, the one, the one good thing is the open bar, and that gets me every time. So <laughs> I decide, hey, I'll show up. I don't have anything in the liquor cabinet. Might as well go to a party. Well, you could just buy a bunch of liquor at your house and pretend that it's an open bar and be like, who's paying for all these drinks? That's a regular Tuesday night for me. <laughs> What's your favorite um, one? I saw you. I, okay, I saw you at the GQ party, which yes. was actually not... That was actually a, an okay party. Yeah, well, they had pool tables and, and, you know, darts, or maybe they didn't, but I invented it. Um, and we had, like, I thought it was a good time. I mean, GQ knows how to throw a party. Did you, do you bring, were you a dart player? Well, I like knives, and so I figure if I can just draw a circle on a wall, then I can have a good time anywhere. Okay, throwing knives is not darts. Uh, it is when there's not a person that you're throwing it at. <laughs> when there's a target that's not breathing. You grew up in Texas, right? I did. There you go. That's another excuse. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, knives. Let's go play Texas darts. Yeah, Where I always, these, yeah. These, it's... Big, these big buck knives. <laughs> that and skeet shooting. Do you know how to shoot? I do. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of guns, though. I mean, I use them when I have to, but I'm more of like a. When sword do you have to use person. guns? I mean, for work. Oh, Holy sure, Moses. For work. I don't, some piece you know, of shit's trying to break into my house and exactly. I, have a, I can shoot him because I'm like, that's hmm, okay. gun or knife? Gun or knife? This is a tough <laughs> one. Sir, can you just hold on a second? I got a <laughs> knife. Okay, stand still. Yeah. Why do I feel like any guy that you've dated is under your protection? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, most of them, I guess. Some of them I just throw to the wolves. Oh. Get out. Get out. We're um, breaking up. They open the door and just yeah. kick them out and yeah. just pull the door shut and keep driving. That's how yeah. Jamie Alexander does it. Exactly. Exactly. Moment of silence for those who have been lost. <laughs> but deserved it. <laughs> what was what? So you grew up in Texas, yes, and you had four brothers. And mm -hmm. what were you like in grade school? What What were you into? Um, I always liked to draw and paint, and you know those things. Um, I tried to sing. It's just that it, it doesn't really work out too good for me. I sound like I'm yodeling. My voice cracks. I constantly go through puberty every other week. 
uh, like a 12 year old boy. So <laughs> I didn't sing, but, um, yeah, I grew up mainly doing sports, um, got into wrestling track and cross country in high school. Holy shit. Yeah. See, another moment of silence. I'm just like, I feel like I'm on a roll. Well, it's, you know, this is important because <laughs> we don't have a lot of people who are good at physical things that come on the <laughs> podcast. And so when I meet people who are, I'm just trying to understand, like, what was that like in grade school? What was that like? Yeah, it was, I mean, for me, again, because I grew up with brothers, I I just, I can't even remember how it came about. I, I literally had a friend whose brother um, was the coach at our rival high school. And so then uh, I said, and she said, there's a lot of female wrestlers in the state of Texas and they go to nationals and you can get scholarships. And I thought, okay, well, why don't we start a team here? So we went to the school board and of course, you know, oh, you got to love those, you know, backwoods Texas dudes that think women can't do shit, you know, except for cook in a kitchen. So we had a little bit of a tough time starting it, but legally they couldn't keep us from starting it. So we did. And we went to state and we went to nationals and, um, and I got an offer to go to Iowa state for wrestling, but I obviously didn't go. I wanted to be an actor. (laughs) I wanted to pretend to be people. Yeah, exactly. Do you know who that sounds like? You know who your story sounds like? Who? Sif. Come on. That's exactly. I know. Growing up in a male dominated Asgardian culture. And she's like, fuck you. I I can kick the shit out of you. Exactly. The worst thing is, uh, I met with Marvel, uh, shoot, like, I guess the Friday before the Monday that I got the job on Thor and I went in and uh, I had my big purse with me or whatnot and I had a knife in there and I forgot about it. (laughs) So when I tried to put my purse on the chair beside me, it fell off and all the contents in my purse spilled out, including, you know, lady products. And it was super embarrassing. So the guys at Marvel, um, Kevin Feige and Chris Kyle were like, is that a knife? And I was like, is that okay? Or is it not okay? I was like, it in fact is a comb. (laughs) <laughs> you remember those toys that, you know, looked like a knife, but it was Oh, the comb? switchblade comb? Yeah, no, but it wasn't. It was it was a, a spider co. What's that? It's an awesome knife. They make a lot of military knives. Oh my gosh. That's it, Chris. I'm going to get you no, a no, knife. That's going to be your What your, am I going to do with it? Stare at it. I guess I would. It's a souvenir. I would be, you know, I uh I actually got I bought this really cool I went to the National Geographic Society mm-hmm. in um uh when I was in DC and I bought this little multi-tool from National Geographic, and there was just a slightly sharp edge on one side. It was supposed to be, you know, like a bottle opener, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. a can opener, and then you could... One and that's useful. <laughs> one that's useful, yeah. And then they, uh, they confiscated it, and that was, the, that was the closest... That was the closest I've ever come to, like, I'm dangerous, man. <laughs> oh, you want to take my National Geographic multi-tool? Toothpicker? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't know what I would do with I don't know what I would do with a knife. I would just gingerly yeah. place it over there and be like, "Don't fuck with that knife over there." Yeah, I mean, but I don't know how to. Do you know how to do all sorts of? Do you, did you have the butterfly knife when you were a kid? I, you know, what? I I started collecting knives when I was six, 16, 17. Um, I, I guys out there, I wish you could see the look on Chris's face right it's now. It's awe. He looks a little scared. It's awe. <laughs> it's a weird. I guess hobby, but um, my brothers kind of started it with me. So every location that I film on, I, I pick up a knife from, you know, uh, the place that I'm filming in. But sometimes, most of the time, they come from overseas or they're historic. Sure. You know, I've got one from Turkey from 1906. I've got a lot of great, um, great Bowie knives. But the butterfly knife, I mean, 
I have a few of them. I don't remember having one as a kid, but I can one hand it. Most of them are one handed, and I, I'm yeah. What is the point of that? Is that just to distract someone so that then it's, you can get the blade out and then just poke them in the carotid artery? You know, I, I don't know. I think honestly, it's a safety. Most of them have a safety lock. Yeah, which you know um, is good when there's. People like you around. Sure, of course. They don't want to cut. What's this? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I tried to open your comb and it cut me. I have... (laughs) Do not brush your hair with (laughs) With a knife. knife. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll be right there. Slice. (laughs) My scalp. My beautiful (laughs) scalp. I had a throwing star when I was a kid. I thought that was really awesome. That's pretty amazing. Did you... um, Well, but I didn't really have anywhere to throw it. I couldn't, you know... (laughs) There's no one you disliked in school. <laughs> no, here's the thing. My mom was so <laughs> overprotective. That, okay, so I couldn't throw it in the house because obviously mm. you can't have throwing star holes in the wall. Right. But I wasn't really allowed to go outside by myself and go play with it. So it just, I would just sort of pull it out and look at it. And then I would imagine the possibilities and then put it back in. And I don't, I don't think it ever... <laughs> I don't think it ever uh, saw any action whatsoever. Well, that's Okay. At least you were a bit of a daydreamer, and that helps, you know. <laughs> Thank you for trying That's, to make I, yeah, me feel better I about that. I, I didn't even, I tried to, you know, and I also tried to play. Uh, one year, I tried out for the basketball team. I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. Which you should have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you kidding? No one gives a shit about anyone at those, because there's no, they've taken out the thing that makes dudes crazy, yeah. which is having uh, estrogen anywhere. Right. That they can sense and try to impress. So at all boys school was not; it was totally chill because okay. no one gave a shit. Um, but I did try out for basketball one year, and I kept. Uh, I would run down the court, and then uh, I was like fucking Jennifer Lawrence. I would fall every time <laughs> I would get to the other end. Like my feet would just slide out from underneath me. I didn't make it that year. Oh, I was. I was hoping. I. I think I always wanted to be sort of like the. Um, I was like, well, I'm not a good player, but they'll put me... I was about to say, they'll cast me on the team. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to cast me on the team. Because I'll be like the wisecracking... Because I was really small, too. So I'll be like the wisecracking Lucas of, you know... Lucas. (laughs) You know, like I'll be the kid that they all kind of feel sorry for, but he's funny. And so they keep him around, even though he doesn't... And then he'll get like one shot in one game. And maybe he'll make a basket and everyone will be like, oh my God. Like he'll he get did it. way more appreciation for doing the bare minimum of what he's supposed to do. Right. Because he is uh, physically challenged <laughs> as compared to everyone else. I honestly, I was never good with um, basketballs or any kind of ball, really. Uh, any kind of balls. What? Wait, what? What? Knives? No, knives. It, precisely. <laughs> Why would you throw some balls at somebody with a knife? No, was your anyway, dad. Was, um, no, when, when young, when young, suitors would come over to take a young tiny Jamie Alexander They out. didn't. They didn't. What? I have four, four brothers. I honestly, so my I, prom date uh, was this kid. He always walked on his toes. I thought it was funny, but it might be because I'm a giant. So, um, But we went to prom only because he wasn't sure he was going to be in town and then he realized he was in town and he needed to even out the number in the limo. So he asked me to go to prom with him and then proceeded to ditch me at prom to go talk to this other girl that he liked. So I went home with my friend Matt and we played Xbox. That oh, was my what, prank. What'd you play? I don't even remember. 
And I don't want to tell my mom, well, but I may have had a few beers and that's why I don't remember what I played. But I got home at about 1130 at night and she was like, oh, why are you home? And I was like, great. My mom thinks I'm a loser. <laughs> I was like, mm, awesome. I left him for yeah, the record. exactly. For the Xbox. I mean, he was talking to this other girl, but I was the one who made the I decision did, yes. to leave the prom. Yes. Did you have you tracked this guy down on Facebook yet? Uh, no. Come on. No. You don't think he feels a little bad now? I'm, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But it was one of those things where I was like, man, what's a girl got to do to get a date, yo? But I, I couldn't. I, I really didn't in high school at all. See, that guy right now, wherever <laughs> he is, is taking... He's got, the, he's got his kids for the weekend, and he's, yeah. takes, he's taking him to see Thor, and he's basically trying to balance the popcorn on his gut... <laughs> and then he's just like shoving popcorn into that giant fucking popcorn hole in the middle of his face. And like, oh, fuck, I took that girl to prom. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and he just stands up and announces, I took that girl to prom. We totally had sex. Like he's now it's going to be that you guys hooked up at right, prom. Right, of course. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then the girl that he ditched you for is going to be with her five kids in the front going, keep it down down there. <laughs> And then just like everyone that ever was shitty to you is just in one one exactly you have in those, one room. Do you not have those? Because uh, I got I got I had this, a similar back. I had a similar origin story. And there's just a thing in the back of your head that's like, oh, I hope they know. I hope yeah, they know that I, it sort I mean, of worked out. It's it's one of those things where um, when I go back home, my mom uh, works uh, with one of her good friends. They have a flower shop together in Texas. I know, isn't that cute? Everybody go, oh. Um, But she'll tell me, like, she'll say, so-and-so came into the shop today, and uh, they wanted me to tell you hello and see how you're doing. And I'm like, who? Uh, (laughs) And it'll be somebody I was never friends with in school, but somehow persuaded my mother that we were besties uh, or whatever. And then, you know, at first my mom would give out, like, my email or my number, and then I finally was like, hey, Ma, you got to stop doing that. You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the chances of them being, you know, a serial killer, pretty good. Well, I, um, I, I have gotten tracked down on Facebook by people that I went to school with, and I know, and and a lot of them are people who were shitty to me in school. Yeah, yeah. And so usually. part of me was like, "Hey, fuck you guys," and then I remember, "Oh, I'm an adult now," and <laughs> <laughs> the things that kids did, a lot of them grow. Like the girl who was the bitchiest. Uh, asshole to me in grade school. I hung out with her, I don't know, a handful of years ago. And uh, I was all ready to be like, you were such a bitch to me in school. And she was like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm sorry I was such a bitch to you in school. I was, you know, my family was oh. crazy. And then you realize that all the people that were shitty near school were the the unhappiest yeah. people with the worst lives. Yeah. And then you kind of feel, then you kind of feel yeah. bad for them. I remember we had this guy, I don't want to say his name, but... Um, Ted Allen. Yeah, his name was Rodney. Rodney? And um, no, he uh, was kind of the guy. He was kind of a dick to everybody. And I remember going home and ordering. I'm not kidding. Ordering a pizza at my mom's house um, when I went back to visit her, and he showed up as the pizza delivery boy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, so cliche. It was so awesome. I wanted to take a picture, but I had a Blackberry then, and it didn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't work now if you had one. (laughs) No, exactly. Uh, But, yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, man, like, it's crazy. Well, the girl that I had the biggest crush on in grade school just sent me a Facebook message out of the blue. And uh, it was so weird because I was so crazy in love with this girl in like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. 
and I never had a chance. There was never there was never a chance. We were actually like one of my big grade school defining humiliation stories was that we were all at a party and we were playing spin the bottle and it <laughs> came on us. And this was like the this was just like a John Hughes moment in a movie. We're like, oh my God, the bottle is on. I'm like, finally, you know, I can steal a piece of this paradise that I so long, you know. And she refused to kiss me. Oh. Totally breaking the rules of spin the bottle, by exactly. the way. Uh, and then also totally humiliating me. But, um, uh, but then, you know, I mashed all of it down and then re-expressed it later on. And, and now mm-hmm. I, I'm a workaholic. But uh, <laughs> she <laughs> sent me this message and I was like, I had such a huge crush on you in grade school. Uh, but, you know, now she's got a bunch of kids. She had kids really young. And so one of her kids also had a kid really young. So she's now actually a grandparent. Holy moly. That is, um, that's intense. It's kind of weird to be a grandparent in your 30s. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I have no words. I didn't have any words either. I was very happy for her. She seemed very happy. Yeah. But it was just like, why do you got to make the rest of us feel creepy know, and old? She drinks every night. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. If your granddaughter <clears throat> has, when your granddaughter comes of age, just, uh, just fuse her legs <laughs> shut until she's like 25 so that you're not a great grandparent by the time you're 50. Oh my God. Cause that would be really weird. Yeah. That would be re- really strange. But do you think it's, do you think it's dumb to have the, do you think it's dumb? I, I find it's kind of fun and motivating to sort of look at those childhood failures and not obsess on them, but just sort of like, aha. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think everything that people go through just shapes them for who they are in the present day. And and as long as you know, you're not an asshole, it's, it's all good. You know, (laughs) I I look back and I'm like, people do things, uh, because of what's going on in their life. It really has nothing to do with the other person as much. So, um, so, you know, F you to my prom date, but I totally get it. No, uh, come on. Anyway, no, it's okay. I've, okay. I've, you know. Paint us a picture of tiny Jamie Alexander. 16, <laughs> 17-year-old Jamie Alexander. What is it? Um, what is, what does your room look like? Are, oh my are there God. Rob Lowe posters on the wall? No, what actually, I had a Scotty Pippen poster. Okay. No joke. Um, I took it from my brother, and then I had a bunch of Metallica t-shirts and Metallica posters everywhere. And then I had, you know, of course, the little stick-on stars that go on the ceiling. Yes, of course. Um, and I'm sure there's some crushed velvet in there somewhere and a little, no doubt. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was, yeah, I was that girl. And then I pretty much, yeah, I wore, you know, sweatpants to school every day almost. Like, or, oh, do you guys remember Jinkos? Those jeans that were like crazy bell bottoms, like straight up from the movie Clueless. Um, yes, I had those. So pretty much what I'm trying to say is I was a boy yep. and now I'm a chick. Um, but yeah, and you've I, cut all your hair off. I know it just doesn't make things any easier. I think it looks good. I like, I like, I like the, thank you. Is that the pixie? Is they call it the pixie? Haircut? Yes, it's the pixie. It's uh, actually for, um, a new show I'm filming, uh, called open on HBO with Ryan Murphy. Um, so there's that. Wait, was Shame Michelle was Monaghan in that too? Yeah. She was just on the show. Oh really? A couple days ago. Oh, wicked, wicked. I haven't met her yet actually. Um, most of my stuff is with Wes Bentley for the pilot. So. Well, if the show gets picked up, you probably will meet her. Yes. In very intimate ways from what I hear about the not, show. Y- not me, but uh, you never know what could happen with Ryan Murphy writing it. <laughs> um, I think everything's a possibility. That man's a genius. Well, we had a long talk. Michelle and I had a long talk about this idea this idea of, you know, of open relationships mm-hmm. and, uh, because obviously 
you know, she's married and has yeah. kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, is it sort of strange for your husband that you have to do a show like this that I, that teases this idea of an open relationship? Right. And even though it's acting, you're still hooking up with people in to a degree, even though it's probably not very sexy in those yeah, moments. It never is. And you know, it's always funny because mostly the, the dudes, they, for some reason decide that they want to put body oil on to look hotter on camera or something. What? Yeah. It's pretty gross. Who decided this? I'm dudes? not going to tell Yeah. A lot of guys, they'll like put oil on their arms and their chest and stuff. And is that supposed to make their muscles look muscly? I guess, I guess. I don't know, but they're always the ones with like the most makeup on their face and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's never, it's never like, Ooh, yay. I get to make, out with so-and-so today it's kind of like yeah i'm gonna have to take a lot. bath and vinegar when i'm done guys are an yeah. insecure lot i know it's tough do you know why because i think we assume that so much of um so much of what makes us attractive is the physical parts mm. of like yeah you know, like like some woman like like any anyone would be like what Look at that oiled up tricep i want to <laughs> i want to have that guy's jeans in me like i don't know you know, yeah, there's got to be some primitive, you know, explanation. I I don't know, but it's yeah, it's always awkward. And um, for you know Michelle's character, she's you know got to do these things with both men and women. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas my character is just with men the, thus far. All I know. Are you who is knows? Your character part of the open relationship, or is yes. your your significant other? Uh. It's kind of I, I don't know where they're going to take it at, at the moment. It would be Wes's character mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a little bit more gung ho about that than my character. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting concept. And I think the thing with Ryan is that he usually takes these situations, makes them slightly funny, but also puts it out there. Like what people might be thinking, he just completely puts it on an episode of a show instead of beating around the bush, pun intended. Hey, nice. Hey. hey. Beating around the hardwood floors these days. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh, God. What are we talking about? What's the problem? What? what? <sighs> beating around the landing strip. Come on, guys. What's the... Oh, man. Have you ever heard oh, the song? Man. Amanda Palmer has a song called Map of Tasmania, and Map of Tasmania is an Australian euphemism for a vagina because ah. because the cl- the classic the classic uh, bush shape looked looks like Tasmania <laughs> on a map, and oh so God. Australians would be like, oh yeah, that map of Tassie down there, uh, and so Map <laughs> of Tasmania is like, but I feel like that doesn't really apply anymore because people through from the from the seventies, the eighties, and nineties, it just got. It just got crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. I have cornrows. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to mix it up. Crop circles? Imagine? Crop yeah. circles. Come on, guys. Crop circles. <laughs> oh, God. I think we, we may have just started a new trend somewhere. Someone, you know what? Someone's it's, done that already. I know. I was going to say somebody's, somebody's already been I'm there, always tempted that. to tell Katie to look it up, but I don't want to get in trouble <laughs> with our human resources department. Oh, God. <laughs> Katie, look up vagina cornrows. Tell me what you got. <laughs> Katie, oh. I noticed that you, your hands are not on your keyboard at the moment. <laughs> you actually removed them. <laughs> And you're texting <laughs> legendary. <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah. we- I love that he doesn't think it's harassment to me because I have a flat chest and short hair. Is no, that what we're going no, at no, right no, now? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not harassment because you, you cause I did. I brought you it did up. it. You start. You brought the I initial. It's true. The initial it's beat true. around the bush. Exactly. 
I mean, and I also feel like I also feel like that on a certain level that um, you're trying to be respectful and you want to make sure that uh, you know fans of Sif don't go what did those things she just said. Yeah, but it does feel like there's a dam about to yeah, break, it, a filth there is dam about yeah. to break, and then all of these really disgusting things yes. are going to come out, yes. and, and most of your time. Is probably committed to like keep that in. Don't I, it? It, it, it is. Oh my god. We we often uh, will get sent a Marvel rep when we're promoting um, anything Marvel related because now they're owned by Disney. Yeah. So it's like extra. You know. You know. I don't even want to say anything. I don't want to get shot by like a <laughs> Disney sniper. But um, but yeah. She's we, down there, they, boys. Get her. <laughs> okay. I got a clean shot. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm never going back to Disneyland. Um, but, yeah, you have to really, I mean, I really have to, like, monitor myself and, like, censor myself on what I say because I just just have that sense of uh, humor, I guess. What, so, Texas Girl with Four Brothers. Yes. What were some of your favorite shows growing up? Well, the X-Men cartoon was, like, my all-time favorite because I always wanted to be Jubilee, which I think I've told you now that I have the short hair, I could totally do if I can find a yellow trench coat. See, and now you yeah. can just be like, hey, guys, no one yeah. would know. I mean, no. I could totally just do both, right? Exactly. I'll go hang out at the mall, and, you know. <laughs> so but, you like um, the X-Men cartoon? What sort of yes. comedy stuff did you like? Um, Ren and Stimpy. <gasps> Loved Ren and Stimpy. And, uh, God, I can't even think now. It was so long ago. Um like what else? Uh, what what was your favorite? I'm just well, Ren and Stimpy. And Ren, Ren and Stimpy was yeah. one of my Ren and Stimpy Mystery Science Theater. These were I these were idiots. These yes. I love it. <laughs> well, I did. Um, we uh, we produced um, a live stream for the final episode of Futurama, and mm-hmm. uh, Billy West is a friend of mine, and he did the voice of Stimpy, and then ultimately ended up doing the voice of Ren too. And he was there with Maurice LaMarche, who's another friend of mine who did the voice of the brain in Pinky and the Brain. Oh, my God. I love that. Pinky and the Brain's my other one. I love when he's like, brain, what are we going to do today? The and same thing we, we do, do every, every night. Day. Take, over, take the over the world. <laughs> so, he, uh, so Billy West and Maurice LaMarche were standing there. And most voiceover people are not shy about doing – like, it's funny. If you meet actors, like live action actors, mm. and you're like – do that line from that movie. Most of them are like, oh, you know, I don't know. But you say a voiceover and, they're, and you're like, Rob Paulson will just rattle off the Countries of the World song. They're great. And so I couldn't get my phone out fast enough, but uh, Billy West and Maurice Lamar started doing this thing, uh, Stimpy and the Brain, oh, where no, they were Stimpy would... and the Brain, like the most epic mashup. What do you want to do tonight, Brain? The same thing we do every night, you know? And I was trying to, I was like, I couldn't get my phone out fast enough. Like, please, I have to record this. And I didn't, I couldn't get it. They finished and walked away by the time I could, like, right as they hit record, they both just separated. And I didn't, I didn't oh, get it. Oh, man, I would have liked to have been in the middle of that sandwich. It was <laughs> a Stimpy in the Brain sandwich. I would have sandwich. been so happy. Um, yeah, I liked all that. I'm trying to think. Um, there was that other one, Dexter's Laboratory. Dexter's Laboratory, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but then, Didi um, blows his yeah. experiments. <laughs> See, you're actually really. I could. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna come up with a bunch of shows, and you're gonna do the voices. Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo. I wasn't so much into the Powerpuff Girls. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. All right, that's um, okay. I let me think. What's the other one? I used to watch all the time. Fuck. It's like when I'd get home from school, they would all be on in a block, and I cannot remember the other one. Um, I liked a lot of the old ones. I mean, in all honesty, I like really loved, you know, Wiley Coyote, mm-hmm. Roadrunner, and uh, I mean, I watched The Simpsons, but that's a given. I'm trying to think of the other ones that I that I was obsessed with, but really, Ren and Stimpy was really my favorite. I when I first saw that show, 
it wasn't um I was like ground floor Ren and Stimpy. I saw it on Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday morning. It was on after like Rugrats or something. They had it in a block with like Rugrats and Doug or something. Oh, we had Doug. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I'd watched, you know, I watched Rugrats and then I watched Ren and Stimpy and it just, I just felt my brain shift because it was so wildly different from anything else. And mm-hmm. I'm a huge like Warner Brothers animation geek, like Bugs Bunny, you know, like An- Animaniacs, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even before that, like the 30s and the 40s, like all the mm. all the Warner Brothers animation stuff. And there was so much stuff that they were that John Kay was pulling from with Ren and Stimpy that I it was, and there was no internet at the time to run and be like, what is this thing, you know? So I just yeah. I recorded it on tape and then had to make it viral analog style by just taking the tape around and making people watch it it was i i mean there's not i don't there's there are a lot of good ones on now but i don't think anything tops ren and stimpy no because it it, it, there was nothing else like it at the time no and and i think honestly like the beavis and butthead thing and, and all that stuff i i liked it but not as much as i liked ren and stimpy isn't it no. funny how it doesn't take us long to start sounding like old people? I mean, I mean there's <laughs> nothing like it now. In those days, things were different. Well, because everything is, is replicated now so much that it that was so different, you know? But I wasn't actually really allowed to watch a few of those things, but we did it anyway because my course. mom had to work. She wasn't there. I'm actually often surprised by what... When I, you know, when I meet people, I'm like, oh, my mom didn't let me watch this. Or this. Yeah. Just compared to what today's television oh, I know, standards are. I know, I know. I meet so many people. When I hosted I host this MTV show in the 90s, uh, Singled Out. Mm-hmm. And it was not that dirty, but I guess at the time it was. And so there's a whole generation of people like, I was not allowed to watch yeah, that I wasn't, show. No, I couldn't have. And, couldn't and watch actually, MTV because it was too risque. No. And The Simpsons was the other one. Honestly, like really? when I was, yeah, when I was much younger, I wasn't allowed to. And then eventually I think my mom just gave up because, you know, when there's five of us and we're all like, hey, pro Simpsons, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever keeps you guys quiet. Yeah, exactly. At a certain point, your parents are just something. like, it's more important for me that you guys shut up than, yeah. um, yeah, than, than you hear someone say, you <laughs> yeah. know, damn on television. Yeah. Were you, yeah. are, did you come from a religious family? Or? No, no, my, um, not so much. I mean, you know, we, I, we never went to church or anything, but my mom definitely like raised us, I guess. You know how all those people in Texas are raised, except that <laughs> we were m- much more liberal. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I wasn't even allowed to say the word crap. Like, and then eventually it just happened. I was like, I listened to Metallica. It's like, you know, <laughs> what do you think's worse, Ma? But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I can swear around my mom now. Oh, I can now too, but she, she but used I to. I still feel yeah, weird about it. I do it. too. I know. She'll kind of look at me and then I'll be like, and then I just start talking about something else right away. So she has no chance of being like, you know. Well, my mom. I love how we all get really quiet when we're talking, talking about, about moms. moms like they're outside. Shit, they can hear you. <laughs> they have a sense. Moms put the fear of God in you, man. Are you talking like, about me? No, 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 no. I no. wasn't. I Are you swearing you. again? <laughs> no, please don't. Um, when uh, you know when I'm when I do longer stand-up sets locally, like my mom will bring friends, and I'm like, Mom, you know, like a lot of my sets kind of dirty, right? She's like, Oh, it's fine, but it's so it's so weird, like yeah. I. I've said things on stage <laughs> that no mother should hear. Well, it's strange. Like there are things that I would never tell someone one on one, but I have no problem telling like 500 people at once with my mom in the audience. 
And is she ever, like, afterwards, like, is she just kind of look at you funny? No, she's just or like, she's... oh, you, yeah. that was funny and adorable. I'm so proud of you, honey. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> really? Because I talked about this time I masturbated in a church. I know, you're That's... adorable. <laughs> uh, it's re- <laughs> it wasn't recently. Yep. Yeah, okay. Good. All right. Um, <laughs> not within the last couple months, no. <laughs> but comedy is just this, I feel like this way to talk about really awful things mm. and it's okay i could mm-hmm. ne- i would never be able to just talk to my mom about stuff like that yeah the yeah. first time that i ever tried to swear in front of my mom i was 16 years old and i had failed my driver's test and she called me and she said how did it go and i and this was me like testing the waters i was like yeah guess i fucked that one up pretty hard and there was just i could just the air just got sucked out of the phone call and i could just hear this si- this the silence was loud yeah yeah don't you ever use that, that word so i still feel very yeah oh i still about it. with my mom i'll say you know if i accidentally say like yeah i'll i'll be like yes ma'am like right away like i correct myself it's the weirdest thing i mean i guess i'm pretty I'm pretty fucking polite. Nice. Know? I know. Um, but I, I am. But then sometimes, mostly around my mom, I'm always like, you know, trying to be on my best behavior ever, even though she knows I'm a heathen. But, um, yeah. I mean, nobody, I, when I remember when I got my first tattoo, there was, she can't say anything. My older, my oldest brother is completely sleeved. And uh-huh. I said, so, I mean, I couldn't possibly do worse than him. So now I have 12 tattoos and what you have 12. Yeah. They're not showing. That's because they're not an area you can see. Okay, <laughs> it. Not all of them. Um, what's that? Okay, so what's this one? Uh, these are my four brothers, Brady, David, Chance, and Matt nice. on my right arm. And then I just have like uh, a few other ones, uh, mainly on my bo- both my arms. However, I do have this ugly Pisces fish on my left arm that I'm getting removed. And I guess, you know, when I got it, everybody's like, why'd you get a bat on your arm? And I was like, it's not a bat. So it's really infected and disgusting. Oh, are they, are they doing the laser treatment on it? Yeah. Yeah. That feels good, right? It's so great. I'm like, yeah, I love pain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, why didn't you turn it into like a devil fish or I wanted to do something with it, but then it's just aggressive. It's out there and and there's, uh, countless makeup artists that hate my guts when I go to work because they have to cover all of them. Is the, the spinal tap. It was uh, Derek Smalls has the, he was in a Christian group for a while so he had the <laughs> christian fish on his arm and then he went back into regular rock metal and so then he had basically like a devil face to eat it but yeah because i mean it's one of those things where i was like well I, I i have them and they're all over the place and um but yeah how many a, treatments a, have you had i've had about eight but the issue with them is that i have to get them um in between filming and I sure. can't be filming a month after I get it cause it's completely swollen. You can't really cover it. Um, unless I can wear long sleeves the whole time. So it's been going on for years now. Yeah. Cause they, t- they, my ex-girlfriend had it done. She had a black band around her arm, just a black, but a dark black band around her arm. And mm-hmm. then decided like, Oh, I don't, it's tough to cover it up and film, for yeah. filming and stuff. And so, when she went and had the initial um, consultation, they were like, Oh, you know, the, we could probably get this four in like four, four yeah, to six treatments. Yeah. 
And it was like three years later, yeah. 12 to 15 treatments. Yeah. And it, if you look closely, you can still kind of see mm. it. I mean, it's mostly gone. but Yeah, that's mine's, mine's getting there. I mean, the middle part's still left. Uh, but because I'm so fair-skinned and I only have black ink, it, the laser picks it up really easy. If you have blue or green or any of that stuff, um, wow, you guys look like you're falling asleep. By I'm right. not falling asleep at all. Holy I'm cow. just remembering the sound of the popping that the yeah, laser makes. Yeah, it's pretty like the crackling. Yeah, the crackling. Yeah. And it's basically... it's And the smell. It just... Mm. <laughs> it doesn't it sort of... Doesn't it basically just like cause the ink to dissipate in your system? Yes. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm sure like in 10 years I'm going to have a third arm or something. Like, you know... <laughs> With that fish bad. on it. Yeah. I came back. <laughs> you thought you could get rid of me. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, and it kind of swells it all to the, the surface. What what they had told me was it was kind of like an infrared thing. So I was like, oh, so you're cooking my insides in that yeah. area. Good to know. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, Four treatments. Yeah. <laughs> Four treatments, 37 treatments later. I was like Still getting later. housework done. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like a couple weeks. Yeah. It's like a year, year <laughs> later. Mm. So if you were this uh, sweatpants wearing yeah. tomboy dude, dude mm-hmm. lady... Um, at, when did you start to feel like I am a woman and I shall start embracing my womanhood? Well, there's this movie I watched. Um, no, I I came out here and I've always played like an action tough girl mm-hmm. uh, thing, and then I realized um, that you know. I guess when you go on to events and red carpet things, they don't really want you showing up on your motorcycle in leather. I mean, now some events, <laughs> yes, but most of them are like, you need to be a lady and, you know, put on some nice shoes or whatever. So Does that I, feel I like bullshit like, to you, though? Yeah, it did. I mean, because I'll go to stuff just, you know, wearing jeans and a T-shirt and I don't care. But I also do want to look, you know, professional. I'm a, I'm a grown up now. I'm an adult. I have to make, you know, adult decisions about what I wear. I know, um, but trying to force people into these roles. No, and that's that's the weird thing. But but actually through the characters I've played, you know, some of them will wear pink and shit like that. So I, <laughs> I like, you know, so I've, I've started to go like, okay, that's not so bad. And then, you know, I like this, I like that. So it's just been a very gradual process. In, um, when you're in a relationship, do you find... That I wear the pants? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's what I'm asking, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, I knew where you were going. Um, I think mostly I do, but but it's it's also like a give and take. I'm pretty chill. I think I'm, I'm pretty low maintenance in relationships, mainly because I grew up with four brothers, so I don't like expect jewelry on holidays and stuff like that. I'd rather, like, you know, I don't know, go play sports or throw a football or something like that or go get pizza. I mean... Honestly, like I, I just find the girls that are like, oh my god, I really want something from Tiffany's for Christmas. It's, I just want to punch them in the face, right? And be like, could you? Is that going to save your life? No, it's not. <laughs> and is it going to also save your relationship? Probably not. Is that going to uh, fill the hole in you? No. Yeah. Is it going to fill the void? Whoa. No. It's going to make it bigger. Every girl who's ever dated me knows I love to go out <laughs> back and throw the old pigskin around. <laughs> go long, sweetie. <laughs> oh my god. Go really long. I know. Watch how I can punt this football. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I I just like to spend time with the person I'm with, and I don't really expect any of, like, I guess the lady gifts or the girly stuff. Um, Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is I have a penis, okay? (laughs) Um, God. I can finally stop living this lie. (laughs) Freedom. I am James um, Alexander. <laughs> Two male first names. Uh, that's how male I am. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> no, my I, I you know I, I think it's not whatever it is, whether it's throwing a football <laughs> or if it's tipping. I think it's just important that in a relationship that that, that your partner. Just lets you know that they are interested in what you are interested in, yeah. and that you and that they you they thought about you at some point during the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's not so much about the value of the thing, right? Exactly. Because you know, because money is a pretty cheap backdoor into you know a, a gift giving. Oh, I spent a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then it must be of tremendous. I know. Ultimately, I know. value is what we're trying to impart to someone else. So. I'm, at a certain point, especially the more successful you get, emotional value is much, and some people might disagree, much has much more gravity to it than, mm-hmm. you know, this is when you hear like, oh, Kanye bought Kim like a $2 million ring and she bought him a Lamborghini. I'm like, what the fuck, guys? I know. I know. Oh, there's starving kids in Africa, you asshats. <laughs> like, I mean, my my Valentine's gift this year, I was it was actually really sweet. Um, my other half found a, a kid's book about love. Like it was really sweet, and um, and he read it to me on Valentine's Day, and that to me was probably the coolest thing anyone's ever given to me. And then did he throw it to you? He did. Go we, long. We played football. <laughs> we wrestled. Um, but yeah, it was it was actually it was the sweetest thing in the world, and um, and I thought that's so much more, like you said, gratifying than uh, I don't know a Lamborghini. Like I did- mean. You're going to drive that in L.A. when there's a shitload of traffic. Way yeah, to waste you, a car. You can't. <laughs> I know. Well, you're stuck in traffic. I'm throwing a football over traffic. <laughs> exactly. And we're getting somewhere yes. faster. I'm, I'm, yes. Does your boyfriend awkward. say his name in like the really Italian way it's supposed to be said? Only, well. <laughs> no, he'll go, um, like, what is he? He'll go, Facinelli, like, you know, F-A-C-I. He always spells it out for people. Because <laughs> they'll just be like, how do you spell it? And, and or, or they'll know. And they'll be like, yeah, 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 we know. And he's like, oh, okay. He's, um, yeah, he's really sweet. He speaks some Italian. And um, his parents are from Trento, Italy. So they, they are full-on Italian. Which, to be honest with you, um, it's the best food in the world. It is. I'm around them. Oh, yeah. Yo parlo molto italiano. I'm Irish. I mean. Oh, so are we supposed to fight? I think maybe, but clearly I'd win. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, I'm I mean, Irish, okay? Yeah, no, you would. You would. Yeah, we you come would. from a long line of just punching the shit out of each other and drinking Guinness. I wouldn't even get the words, do you want to make something <laughs> out of this out before a butterfly knife would come slicing across the side of my face. And then we would be best friends after. Um, yeah, no, it's because then fun. you could stitch it up afterwards. Exactly. Too. Let me stitch that up. Yeah. I fucked you up pretty good. Have that some time. of this Irish whiskey. Yeah. Let me get my needle and thread. I'll pour it on there. That'll, yeah. uh, that'll Singe. Uh, sterilize the, the uh, wound. Uh, yeah, my mom's Italian, so I. I yeah, I think we talked. We talked about. We that, talked about this, yeah. but but my family did the American pronunciation because their last name mm. they say Facenti. But it's oh. facente. Facente. It should be facente. <laughs> but they don't say it like this. <laughs> Hello, facente. You don't say the F word. Oh, did you hear the, what the Pope did? No. Oh, what? this is what? amazing. The Pope, the fucking, um, so basically. Those part- two words belong in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently this one's uh, party Pope. Oh, party wow. pope! Because okay. he's he's got he's super cool. He's got he, apparently he has really good values. He doesn't he's not uh, he doesn't discriminate against anyone. Mm. So I guess all the Catholics are all super excited about him. He sounds like a super cool guy, but he um, accidentally dropped like the equivalent of the f bomb in Italian during his weekly radio address <laughs> because he was he was trying to say like he was talking about something about like by example, and he meant to say caso. 
C-A-S-O, Caso. And instead, he actually said, accidentally said Cazzo, which, which means cock. Like, it's, it's basically like... Well, isn't that common in the Catholic Church? <laughs> <laughs> Points. So, but I'm uh, um, so uh, he said Cazzo, which means cock. So he basically would be like... Oh, no. It would be like if the president was, said, you know, and we want to make sure that fuck uh, everyone <laughs> is... So he said Cazzo, and... Um, did he catch himself? Like, oh, no. Or did somebody just... <laughs> what if he caught himself and just went, oh, Cazzo. <laughs> oh, I mean... Uh, <laughs> me dispiace. Um, yeah, Cazzo means cock. So you would say, like, hey, Cazzo fi. Like, what the fuck are you, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, no. Uh, Cazzo and figa are the two really dirty Italian words that you need to know. Figa means vagina. Pussy, oh, really. It's right. like... It's like it's, they're, but then guys say it... Uh, in Italy, like when women walk by, they'll go "bella figa," which is really offensive sounding. Yeah, I mean, can you I imagine if you were just walking by and then two guys were like, "Beautiful pussy!" <laughs> <laughs> like what? First of all, <laughs> that was delivered very effeminately. <laughs> so I'm just, sorry, I'm just critiquing my own character work. Look at these beautiful pussies! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've learned so much in the last <laughs> however long we've been chatting. I know. I apologize. I'm kind of weird. Jesus. I apologize. It's okay. If I didn't feel like that somewhere inside you were just like <laughs> just your own version off. of that was about to come out, then I would I would be horribly apologetic, <laughs> and I would have Katie turn off the podcast and <laughs> and burn it in a digital have, fire. Have you ever had anybody on here that just kind of sits here and is so awkward, and you're like, so, uh, and you ask them a question, and they're just like, um, yeah. I Harrison was, Ford. No. Yeah. But, and we've talked about this a lot, because it comes up, because out of almost 500 podcasts, there's been pretty much no one who was... A tough nut to crack. Like everyone's, because mm-hmm. it's pretty loose in conversation. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you have the runway in an hour to sort of. I mean, there are some that might take five to eight minutes to get going, but usually when people feel like they're safe and we're not going to mm-hmm. be dicks to them, and then it's fun and conversational, then they loosen up. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, Harrison Ford was a uh, he was because he reveled in it. Uh. He he wa- he, he kind of loved that he was making it difficult, and so what? it was just a lot of like, what is that? And we were, I was super geeked out. Uh. I would I would have been too. Last week we um, a couple friends of mine we all dressed up like Indiana Jones to watch Indiana Jones. Like, oh, that's awesome! We watch it every week, like one one of them every week, um, especially with Pete's kids because they they're young and they haven't seen all of them yet. And then I actually in an Ultra Dome episode that my buddy Milo Ventimiglia directed. Um, Milo Ventimiglia. I mean, I'm surrounded by fucking Italians. Um, <laughs> hey, Jesus! Hey, que cazzo fai, Jamie? So we, I was Han Solo, and I had to battle my friend Claire Grant, who... I know Claire. Yeah. Claire. She's... Amazing. She's a hottie. Fellow Memphian. We're both from the same town. Yeah, she's rad. She dressed as Indy, and so we said, who would win in a fight, Han or Indy? And, you know, <laughs> and she, she ripped my heart out, literally. Oh, man. And yeah, then she go... Um, num, tibu, um, oh, yeah. It was like, you know, it, yeah. it was epic. Kalima. It was great. Yeah, so I actually saw Harrison Ford uh, two nights ago, and I my jaw was on the floor, and I looked like I was having a seizure. But it was, you know, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, Indiana Jones. And I was, did you talk to him? No, good, don't. He looks aggressive. He could, you know, he looks like he might bite, like a coiled snake, just kind of. Usually, pot chills people out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll start carrying a syringe of something around. Just like Jesus. No, he was fine. Was he just actually? If I had to do it over again, I, I to me. 
You would have baked him a cookie. I would have baked him a, a cookie with a, <laughs> with a little extra goodness. But um, to, I sort of look at what I perceive to be failures as tremendous learning experiences. Mm. And I am so thankful that I had the Harrison Ford podcast that we did because it, it was, almost like, um, was almost like a rite of passage where I realized that if this dynamic is supposed to work or mm. any dynamic that um, I can't be afraid. Right. Because once you're afraid, it, that's, it's just like with stand-up. If, if the audience senses that you're afraid of them, they immediately do not respect your authority to be talking at the front of the room and they right. will turn right. on you. And Harrison Ford, I just didn't. He was, uh, he was a wild stallion that I just couldn't break <laughs> because I was afraid of him. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I learned is that no matter what, no matter who is sitting in front of me in this dynamic... I mm-hmm. don't ever have to be afraid of them. No. So that was actually uh, yeah. pretty cool. No, that's a great lesson taken. Yeah. What do you learn? Like, have you worked with people before that you were super freaked out over that you had to, like, shove it down so you could just get the scene done? Yeah. On the first Thor film, I met oh, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. And actually, he's awesome. Um, he would be great fun for you guys to have here, too. He's actually, he loves this kind of stuff. And, and we were in rehearsals and, um, Tom Hiddleston and I were sitting next to each other and like Tom's leg, he was like pumping his leg cause he was kind of nervous. And he said that my face was red when Anthony walked in. So we both were like nerding <laughs> out and like afraid. And Anthony comes in with uh, a top hat and a scarf and bright yellow sunglasses and bright, shiny blue shoes, like just totally looks awesome. Um, and so I was like, okay, so he's not as threatening as I thought. And then he started to speak. And then when he looks at you, you're like, you're eating my soul with your eyes. Like, you know, but he was so sweet and he gave us all a hug. And, and so I was still nervous by the end of the day. And, um, on my first day of meeting him, I don't know what I said, but it had something to do with Hannibal because sometimes my, my mouth is a little faster than my brain. And he did the fava beans line back to me. It was the coolest fucking moment ever. And so then from now on, like I, I spent a lot of time with him on the second film, him and his wife, and they're just cool. They're, you know, but again, I was, I think a person that knows that they're perceived as intimidating, if they're like him, he'd want you to feel comfortable. So he kind of does it for you. But yeah, I really had to, you know, calm myself down because I was like, oh, it's Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I've worked with a few assholes though before, which actually pushes me in the other other direction where I become completely not afraid of them uh, and I get a little aggressive. That's I good. I, I know. I don't like people that are mean to other people and we're lucky to be doing what we're doing and I just don't understand the the thought process behind somebody who is making a good living and has a good role in whatever they're doing and, and decides to grab uh, the walkies, turn them to Channel One, and call the women cunts on set. Oh, no! Yeah. No, who, yeah. no, you can't say who did that. I can't. I Unfortunately, I cannot say. Oh, that's a but bummer, it was, too, because you would want to call that thing. person out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I feel like those are... I, I feel like there's something... Well, I'm, not that I'm saying that the rest of the country can't have these values, but I feel like mm. there's a very sort of Southern value behind that of, hey, you're not better than me just because yeah, you're, yeah. you know, fuck you, yeah. you know? Like, we're all equal. Yeah. Um, you guys, I'm wearing, like, waxy leather pants, and I'm sticking to the chair, and it's making some very <laughs> odd noises. I don't know if you can pick so up on that. So it's the pants, that. then? Yeah, yeah. It's, Are you sure it's the pants? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for lunch? I haven't eaten yet. That's oh, how okay, I... Well, that's uh, yeah, I'm an actress. We don't eat. What? Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, seriously. 
You just um, sit around and wait for your boyfriend to give you Tiffany diamonds. Liquid lunch. <laughs> um, it's going to come back up anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, fine. I can eat anything, really. I mean, does that? Does any of that part of the business get under your skin? Any of the, you have to look this way and you have yeah. to do this if you're... Because I mean, the business is pretty unfair to women. It, it is if you let it be. Like for me, I, I'm lucky because, again, like I said, I play a lot of action roles. So I'm not typically people don't want me to lose weight or be wafy. You know, they want you to have like a strong body and that sort of thing. So I, I've, and I've always tried to promote that. Um, also, you know, look, I'm five foot nine. I'm not a, a big chick. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm petite, like, like thin. Naturally, so I, it doesn't help when I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, you know, I eat pizza and everything because you know you have everybody else being like, you asshole. But that's just my body shape. But yeah, I think um, those standards are changing a little bit. I've seen like a lot of models on magazines now that actually have a pair of real tits, which is you know <laughs> crazy. I know, right? And they have like you know an ass and the whole thing and a shape. And, um, I, and a shape. Yeah, they don't look like twelve year old boys, and um, I think that's great. But yeah, that's. It's there's a big double standard in Hollywood. It's a it's a little uh, crazy. But I, I wonder what it, I, I wonder know. if that will go away or what it would take for that. To, uh, yeah, I don't to know. Go away. Yeah, I think more maybe more mainstream actresses uh, feeling a little bit more comfortable in their bodies and and maybe even having a little bit more weight like that's healthy for them. And yeah. instead of everybody trying to look like Kate Moss in the 90s. Right. Um, without drugs. I mean, is that possible? <laughs> um, so that I think hopefully that's changing. I'd like to see it change, but yeah. Well, and unfortunately, it's an obsession that I think... Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of an epidemic, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. This, the obsession with body image and food and, you know... I mean, I think to some degree... You know, guys probably feel it to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. We I, unfortunately yeah. get we get a lot more leeway with stuff, though. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, I'm still like, oh, I probably shouldn't have another Starbucks today because I gotta be on television. <laughs> you know, like, and I feel like if I did, I feel like if I gained a hundred pounds, then I think people would go, hey, what happened to that guy? But I don't think it would keep me. From, I'm lucky enough that I don't yeah, think it would keep yeah. me from working. Um, well, especially because you're a comedian, so all that is useful. Any kind of thing that you have about yourself that's super different is actually great. I think uh, for a lot of women, it's there's just this idea of you know you you have to be what men think is sexy. But as far as I know, I don't think men think stick figures are sexy. I, I just I don't. I'm half dude. I don't think it's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know either. I, I think it was just. I think I, a confident woman that's comfortable in her skin is is sexy, and I'm not. I'm not trying to you know be an after school special here, but I think that's what's hot is when you see somebody. I mean, you even have uh, extremely curvy women when they're confident. You're like, that's kind of badass. Like, I like that. Um, yeah, as opposed to someone who actually has what would be considered like a perfect body, but yeah. is really insecure. Yeah. About. Yeah. And then also, you know, I've, I've went on a date once. Well, okay. I've been on one, you know, more than one date, what? but Oh my God, I know. Newsflash. This was after prom. This was after prom. Okay, right. Um, but I remember going out and I ordered like an appetizer and dinner and like, I, I was, you know, I eat a lot and, cause I, I work out a lot, but, um, I remember the guy being like, wow, you eat a lot. And I was like, Thanks. You know, I didn't take it as like an insult. I was like, let's have sex. Yeah. What? That, I was like, I paid for a lot of dinner tonight. Yeah. Oh my God. 
Um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, well, it's dinner and I'm hungry. Like, I don't see why. And, and sometimes it would make me feel a little awkward if I'd go out with like my, you know, previous agents, mind you. Um, they're no longer with me. Uh, but when you I would go out to dinner them with, with knives, them, I mean. did, yeah. I did. I cut them up into pieces. <laughs> hid them in the walls. Um, but yeah, they, I, I would go out and I'd eat a lot and I think they would kind of look at me like judgmentally. That's so like, fucked up. I know, it's so messed up. But sometimes I would overeat just to piss them off. Like just literally just eat say? and be like, oh, you guys want some cake? No, okay, I'll, more for me. That's yeah. fucked up. I know, I know. It's, oh my God. I don't know. What a shit. Hey, listen, for all the, it's so funny that, you know, just as a creative person, you just want to act. You just want yeah, to be a performer. Yeah, yeah. And there's all this other dumb stuff that gets in the way. All these things that are that have nothing to do with the thing that you're actually working to build. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I just I could go on and on. I, I actually speak at schools about positive body image. Good. Yeah. I usually cover my tattoos when I do this. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I just say everybody's different. And no one is exactly you. So that's what you have above everyone else. So yeah. just use it and like be the healthiest person that you can be for you. Um, but don't worry about looking like somebody else. Like if they wanted somebody else, they'd go hire the other person. See, you're nice. And you, and you, I, you probably wouldn't offer this information, but I know that you told me that sometimes you dress up as Sif and go visit kids in the hospital, which is incredibly Oh, sweet. yeah. Yeah. I, I, it took me a while to get Marvel to let me do it because I'd always want to do it before either the first film or the second film was coming out. And they said, can you wait? Because your costume is nobody's seen it yet. So we can't. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have and, to um, and so I, yeah, I, I, um, I, I just did it, uh, let me think, at the end of last year. And there's a kid there named Michael who's amazing. Um, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, he won't be listening to this podcast if his parents are good parents. Um, he's nine years old. But <laughs> yeah, he's, probably, he probably shouldn't listen to this. He is uh, so amazing. He had a life-size cardboard cutout of Tom Hiddleston as Loki in his room that when he would go to sleep, he has to turn it around and face it towards the window because it scares him when he Aww. goes to sleep. So, um, yeah, we went in there and I said hi to him. But he, unfortunately, they, they actually had this um, screening of Thor The Dark World. Um, on the night of our premiere, we did a Skype conversation with the kids there and they had a screening. And so all the kids got to watch it through iPads and through a big screen and everything. He was the one kid that didn't get to see it. His iPad wasn't working and I, I'm, I think he just came out of a procedure and um, unfortunately, he didn't get to see it. And he's probably the biggest Marvel fan I've ever met in my life and the biggest Thor fan. So I'm still trying. I'm working on getting him. Um, well, now that the DVD came out, I can get it to him. But we've been trying to get everything over there and, and uh, have some people dress up and go see him because he's he's a rad kid. Did he's been fi- waiting on a heart for a long time. They give they give him a new iPad. Well, yeah, I, I think there's something wrong with. Oh. Uh, I think the kids were watching it on the screen, and he had the iPad because he couldn't oh, okay. physically sure, sure, sure. go there. But I, I told him I'd come back and see him. Although, if I showed up like I look now with my short hair, he'd probably be like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know who you are." <laughs> but I'll try to get my costume back. He would turn you and face <laughs> you to the window. Yeah, he would. He would face me to the window, and I'd be like, "Great." So, um, what do you think is? Uh, so, since you speak on body image, just mm-hmm. what would you say to not even just young women, but people in general? Mm-hmm. What do you feel like? Um, is the key to confidence or being comfortable with who you are? How do you, how do you achieve that? First of all, I think it's just getting to know yourself because it's not easy. Um, especially if you're in an industry that's very physical, that, that everybody kind of judges everything that you do and every piece of clothing that you wear and every hairstyle that you have, it can get in your head. So the best thing I think is to, uh, a good step that I tell young girls that actually everybody should abide by is like when you wake up in the morning, just go, Hey, I made it. Like, I'm awake. 
I get to live another day and think about what you can do in that day and know that you're special as you are, that you have so much to offer people around you. And I think when you start with that and it's not about the exterior, then it gets a little bit better. But people that just improve their outer appearance are never going to be confident and secure with themselves. You have to start on the inside first. So what about people who say like, well, there's nothing about me. I don't know. There's nothing about me that's special. I don't know. That's, and that's, that's the tough thing. Then if you're refusing to literally, I, I say, write down three things. If you cannot think of three things, then you're lying to yourself because you know what they are. And a lot of people won't admit them. And, and you look around, and also look around people that you admire and, and ask yourself, hey, have I made that person laugh lately? Or what did I give that person a hug? Or were they crying? Did I help them? You can look through that and say, actually, that makes me feel good when I make people laugh. So start doing that. Make people laugh. Like you do. What? what? Come on. Um, but it, it is tough. Like I meet some girls that are really in the thick of uh, really hurting their bodies. And um, a lot of them are that I've worked with recently are human trafficking victims, which is one of the hardest like the some of the hardest things I've ever had to hear, but they their bodies I mean their body image is just completely shit because they've been used and drugged and everything horrible and and so usually what I do is I take girls and I get them in the gym and we start working out and we box and we do yoga and we do things that literally physically make them feel strong and yeah. then it just starts to work on their minds a lot better. not for the appearance part but no, for the but for, uh, like for the feeling of in control, being in of control. Your, yeah. yeah that's a big step with them it's but been yeah. it, it, like exercise is um, something that I rejected all through for most of my life because yeah. I just associated that with like Oh, those are dumb jock things yeah. <laughs> because those are usually the people that were punching yeah. me. And so um, <laughs> when I got older uh, and I got to a certain point, I was like, you know, I don't want to be, f- I don't want to hit 50 someday and then be like, I should really turn this shit around. <laughs> and so I started exercising and it was the best thing that I ever did because it really helps me feel a lot better mm-hmm. with the rest of life. Yeah. And that's what a lot of like um, the trainers I work with, they, they mainly, uh, instead of uh, like uh, for aesthetics, they try to build your, you know, your back strong and your legs strong just for health purposes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the aesthetics is like a a side note. And then of course, you know, if I'm playing SIF, I usually get in the gym and lift a lot heavier because my weapons are heavy, the costume's heavy. And so it's, there's always like a purpose to it. And I think that's a big deal is like, instead of just going to the gym or doing something to just benefit your outer appearance, try to think of what it's doing on the inside. And it sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. In my opinion, we got really serious. But it's good though. It's good though. I've been mm-hmm. uh, been lifting heavier weights, <laughs> throwing around some iron. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy with the dumb cartoon shirt in the gym. <laughs> Everyone else is wearing fitness clothes. I, I, I would wear a Ren and Stimpy shirt, right. or like a Why Not Zoidberg, <laughs> or. <laughs> But it's and, and I almost feel uncomfortable talking about it too. What working out or the clothes a little bit? You wear? No, 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 I don't care about I was, that. <laughs> no. no, about the about the fitness stuff. Yeah, because that's because most people view fitness as oh, looking great instead of being like actually no, it's so that you you don't have heart disease when you're you know in right. your fifties or you're not. I mean, it's or back problems. Like I um, hurt my spine two or about a year ago. And I've had to rehab it this entire year. And so it's taken a while. But I said, if that's what fitness did for me for the last year. So, I mean, it wasn't just 
more about like, oh, I just, I, you know, I've got to get my ass looking good for this dress. Like, it's more like, <laughs> oh, I don't. Diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like, uh, I don't want to be in a wheelchair when I'm, you know, in my no, 50s. No, I got to get my ass stronger so when I <laughs> lean in to throw the football, I get more arc on it. Is that a thing? I get more arc. I mean, mathematically, that's what it is. Fingers on the laces. Fingers yeah, on the laces. Yeah, put your fingers on, lace your fingers. <laughs> To the ball. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find when you say, like, it's really important for you to get to know yourself, Uh um, it's kind of interesting to think that in a business where you're portraying other characters, that you almost have to get to know yourself better so that you can pretend to be other people better. Yeah, I think when, like, for me, I look at things that have happened in my life or how I've dealt with them, and it just reminds me, like, Hey, everybody's human. And so when I play a new character, I can sympathize with the character because I can say maybe the character's dealing with something different than I would have, but it's, we all deal with things differently. So, um, it's just about being honest with yourself. I mean, like I literally will try to take on too much in my day. I'll just try to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do all these things. And I try to do it. And then I have to sit down and go, you know, actually I'm tired. I can't do all of it. I'm not actually Sif. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, you are but, mortal yes but that's that's part of it is just like being okay with having some weaknesses and you know that sort of thing and people are just in this day and age all they want to do is work 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 and there's a, a quote that's like I think it's um, beware uh, of the barrenness of a busy life and that's something I say to myself all the time yeah. Socrates, interesting interesting so great mm. um, <laughs> and it- drink more beer no um, <laughs> party yeah, Dude. go Ireland. Well, yes. it's you know what's funny is um, that people now are busier than they've ever been, mm-hmm. but it's a, a lot of it is kind of an empty busyness because yeah. just because we have more. I mean, I, I tell people I, I'm I'm pretty efficient. Like I'm pretty yeah. good. I still waste a lot of time, but I'm <laughs> but in general I'm pretty good with time and manage time management and efficiency and um, uh, and I notice how much. Uh, empty busyness I have some mm. days. I'm like, because most people go, oh my God, I, saw, I didn't have time. I was so busy. I did so much stuff today. When you ask them to go back and look at everything, that you realize like, oh, no, you were just on your phone or yeah. you were going down Wikipedia wormholes or, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't really actual stuff that mm-hmm. you were doing. You were just distracting yourself yes. a lot. And a lot of people do that. If it, A lot of times I'll go in for a meeting somewhere and then there'll be other people in the waiting room for other meetings and not one of them is off their phone. Everybody's nose in the phone because they're so uncomfortable with like talking to somebody (laughs) sitting next to them. And then, you know, when I used to audition and there'd be a lot of people in the room, um, in the waiting areas, I would want to start up a conversation, but then I'd think, okay, maybe this is how they focus. So I'm not going to, but I, in other, you know, aspects, like I look at people and I'm like, man, we're so obsessed with like the internet and everything else that we're kind of losing, I think like real connection. So th- it makes it harder to know yourself when, you know, your iPhone is yourself. Is That's what you true. Think. Yeah. yeah. It's essentially this external drive mm. that carries all of your information and your personality Yeah, and all the things that you're, but n- yeah. not, not much of it is as internal as it used to be. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of funny to do sort of like a bad parody sketch of like a Mad Men era audition where everyone just has these like phones these old phones and they're just holding them and then they're just spinning the rotary dials just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning which is effectively what we're doing it's all distraction though yeah it's all distraction yeah i think i made the comparison recently that um 
and this is this is going to be an unrealized metaphor, so I apologize. I've only thought about the beginning part of it. But essentially, when you're born, you're this balloon, and someone pokes a hole in the side, a tiny little hole, and then your entire life, the air is just escaping. And most of what we do is to silence the noise of the air escaping the balloon. That's pretty amazing, actually. Isn't it? Doesn't it feel like that's what we do? It's just to, to just so you don't yeah. have to sit there and go... I'm dying someday, yeah, you know, I know, like, I know. or just any other sort of yeah. weird existential anything just to get out of your own head. Well, and I find most people are so uncomfortable to feel anything. Sure. Um, that they pretty much their brain just tells them what they're feeling just instead of actually going, whoa, uh, I actually feel really, really happy about this or really, really unhappy about this. And I think as an actor, it's actually the best thing in the world because our job is to feel Sure. Uh, even though we're playing a different character, at least we get that sort of that that um, um, I guess uh, emotional feeling that you don't usually get in everyday life. So yeah. I think part of it uh, is therapeutic, and and for some people it really fucks them up when they're method actors. But um, <laughs> but I but, blame you know, them for that because you don't have them. to be a method actor. Well, see, and I feel like a lot of and I'm probably going to get shit for this, but I find that a lot of people that are method actors, in a way, they're living as the character even when they're not at work, and I find that that's just a another way to not feel what you're feeling as yourself. Sure. And, um, and it's an escape. And so I find that's why a lot of people do that. Um, I totally, I, I completely, I mean, not being a method actor, I don't know, but I completely mm. would believe that. I think there was a great, did you see the movie Tropic Thunder? Yes. Fucking great movie. (laughs) But there were so many like little nuggets of actual poignancy in it. Like Mm. when, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s, where he's having the thing where the, he pulls the contacts out and, he, and he's like, I don't know who I am. Yeah. Like he's, cause he was yeah. so much yeah. in, in all these, you know, that he just had no idea yeah. who he was as a person anymore. Yeah. And I think that, um, we do obsess with, I mean, that's probably why there's a prescription drug crisis. Oh yeah. Because yeah. people don't ever want to have to feel anything. And honestly, the most amazing thing that happened, um, when uh, my dad died last year and somehow I said to my, cause I don't drink or anything. I don't have any, I don't have any coping. Mm-hmm. I don't have any substance coping mechanism mm-hmm. anymore. So when I f- feel things, I just have to feel them, Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. And so when my dad died, I said, all right, this is going to be weird and hard. And, but I think I just have to feel everything as it happens. Mm hmm. And I did it largely because I felt like he deserved that. Yeah. And I did, and it was actually kind of amazing to just go, oh, I feel sad now. I'm just going to let my... Instead of trying to push it out, I've yeah. just let myself feel sad for a while. Yeah. Or, yeah. Now I feel happy. I'll feel happy. Yeah. And you can... You actually work through it. People think they're not going to be able to exist when that happens or that they can't go on. And, and your body and your mind, all the things that we have are actually so amazing and they work so well if you let them work. Yeah. Yeah. And it does a number for you. It teaches you something. and It really yeah. it really felt amazing. And it took me six weeks. Yeah. And, but I came out of it feeling, you know, pretty, pretty great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not, obviously not because my dad's dead, but right. great in the sense that like, oh, I got through this thing. And, and I almost... I hope this doesn't sound weird, but I almost kind of saw it as, you know, like um, the last sort of great gift that a parent could give a kid, which is they die and then they're gone and you have to get through it. But when you get through it, 
then it just puts the rest of your life in perspective. Like when, yeah. when things happen and you just go, oh, well, yeah, my dad's, my dad's dead. This is not that bad. And then yeah. you just sort of feel, yeah. you know, like it just puts everything into perspective. But it, it's okay to feel things. Yeah, it is. And that's like, that's so my message to everybody is that it is okay to feel things. And it's okay to feel insecure and also feel secure. Like some people have the hardest time admitting that they think they're pretty or that they like their legs or, you know, their hair or whatever it is because they feel like they're being, um, what is it, uh, I guess, self-obsessed or... Sure. or you know, something like that. And, I, and I'm actually like, no, you're just appreciating what you have. That's not a bad thing. Like when we have a, a home that we have, we appreciate it. And we tell people, we're like, oh, I just, I love my home. I'm so thankful for it. So you should just say that about yourself too. Well, you know? and this, it's very hard for people. I think there's this, everyone sort of has this version. I just call it Catholic guilt because that's how <laughs> I was raised, you know, Italian Catholic. That's how I was mm-hmm. raised. But, um, there's a really, um, someone told me this really great, it's not like a fall over hilarious joke, but it's a really socially great joke where they said uh, uh, two Irish Catholics were watching the most beautiful sunset they'd ever seen in their entire lives. It was the most incredible sunset, like the colors, everything was gorgeous. Um, and they really felt connected to life, and it was this really amazing moment. And then the one turned to the other and goes, oh, we're going to pay for this one. <laughs> Just like <laughs> the idea being, you know, the idea being that uh, we're not allowed, that it's wrong or it's sinful or it's against yeah. the natural law to feel happiness or to feel okay about yourself. Yeah. And, and we've just gone so in the other direction. It, it, yeah. it, it is okay to feel okay about yourself. Yes, because I think being humble and, and experiencing humility is actually also, it goes hand in hand with being appreciative of what you have. Yeah. So like if you're not appreciative or you don't acknowledge what you have, then one day it's going to be taken away and you're going to go, well, hmm. Should have appreciated that when I had it. Like, yeah, I it's mean, kind of a, it's a weird, there's a weird line there. You don't you have know? to be a rap song, but you also yeah. don't have to <laughs> shit on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Well played. I got a big dick made of money, yo. Okay, you don't have to have a big, you don't have to say you have a big dick made of money. Yeah. But, um, but, you, but you can say, hey, I'm all right. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. okay to be okay. There's yeah. no... I always, I always try to tell people, like, uh, the universe doesn't give a shit. The universe does not give a shit whether or not you are successful or whether or not you fail or whether or not you're fat, skinny, whatever you are. The universe doesn't care. So when people are like, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to jinx it. I'm like, no, you can't. You, there's, yeah. no, there's no <laughs> thing that mechanism is going to come into place and attack you because you feel okay with yeah. yourself. Yeah, So yeah. So, what are we at now? Oh my oh. god, we're at an hour seventeen. I'm so oh, sorry. Sorry, I oh. didn't mean to. I talked a lot. I apologize. Oh my god. I know. I'm such a dick. <laughs> I got all excitable. Um, excitable. But uh, but this this is great. This was great. And uh, Agents of Shield will be on at some. It's on. It's but on, y- it's, your episode, yes. March eleventh. So we on March eleventh. Yes. But, um, and then you are also Jamie Alexander on the tweets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Two eyes. My mom was creative. J a i m i e. Alexander. It's too bad they don't standardize names like Sarah and Jamie and Brittany. Or <laughs> you're not allowed to spell it different. I know, exactly. Uh, and now we have to contend with this one L Allison bunch, like oh, Allison yes. Bree or Allison mm. Hayslip. Come on, add the yeah. extra L. Only for me, because when I'm signing things, I don't want to spell the name wrong. No one has it worse than me. <laughs> oh my God. What? Oh, nothing. What? Mm-hmm. I understand. Just really, 
All I'm saying is I got a big dick made of money, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I almost wanted to start singing, uh, thank you for being a friend. (laughs) (laughs) And then put that as the rap over it. You're the Blanche to my rose. Oh, I love the Golden Girls. I know. Actually, I just did this interview where they were asking me what cast reunion I'd like to see. And I accidentally said the Golden Girls, (laughs) not realizing that's not possible at all. Yeah, that is. It's called The Walking Dead. Come on, guys. What are we doing? What? What's the problem? What? What? Oh, God. They, they, B. Arthur would have thought that, Betty White would have thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, hey, oh, no points. Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry, no points. You got points in my book. What? (laughs) I take your book and shred it. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Well, uh, good to see you, Jamie Alexander. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming. And um, I hope you had fun. And enjoy your burrito, everyone. Ending the podcast. Booyah. The end. The end. End of the podcast. This is officially the end <laughs> of the podcast. I gotta pee. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a long story <laughs> that will keep you sitting there in your squeaky leather pants. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's like a sausage in a casing right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> delete, delete. Spike. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.